Welcome to Rain City Supercars. I'm Nick. I'm Dan. And this is episode 33. You know, I'd like to do a big recap this week, but we really didn't do anything. Like, it's been a kind of boring week. It's been a low-key, hot week for us, which is nice. Hot as balls. (laughs) 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 Or something like that. Or whatever, those hot, yeah, whatever. Yeah, Um, it's the first time I don't think I've washed my car in... Five or six days. Thought you were talking about washing something else. There. No, <laughs> the first time no. I haven't washed myself in ten days. <laughs> that explains the smell. Say <laughs> so what happened? I randomly shine Nick's tires. Uh, okay, you know what? I, and I and I want to highlight this. <laughs> Dan and I have been friends for oh, it's almost three years now, and we went to a lovely uh, barbecue party at a friend of ours, Chad and Amanda, who are past guests. Yeah, past guests of ours. Who cooked the most the best brisket I've ever had in my life. And I come out, <laughs> and my tires are shined. I'm like, what the? Like, we're in a small, small neighborhood in Bothell. I'm thinking, I'm like, nope, Putnam left before I did. <laughs> Duval. And it was, sorry, Duval. Sorry. It's because you got that tire changed. You got, you, yeah, yeah, you yeah. You had the yeah. tire get too mm-hmm. low, so you had, like, your car was spotless and clean, and you just, your tires look like crap, and I happened to have uh, some tire shine in the trunk, so I just thought I would shine your tires. <laughs> I will say this, and again, and uh, not a plug, but um, I have the, the uh, my tires I get through Discount Tire. Yeah. And I love them. In Bellevue here. And I always get the warranty because I always do something stupid. And I drove to Costco last week, and um, I usually check my tires. Like, I check it pretty pretty regularly. Yeah, I because, check them when I get I mean, with those, with those high-performance tires, they go fast. And... When I got to Costco, everything was fine. When I came out of Costco, like 10 minutes, 15 minutes later, I made a quick trip. I'm always one of those people, like, I'm in Costco before they open, and I'm out of there because I don't want to deal with people. Totally flat. So I drove, like, 17 spaces across across the, the, the lot and had the guys at at Costco Tire inflate the tire, and I went right to discount. Pilot Supersport, it looked like I had shredded cheese in the side of that tire. It was just gone they replaced it no cost to me so i gotta i gotta give that out so i mean and and i was lucky in the fact being an all-wheel drive car i didn't have to get four brand yeah because they were so, practically brand new yeah so oh, speaking of which i should reflect back on that in one of our old episodes i told you guys that you could order tires from discount tire direct and they would mount them for free they don't do that anymore so it's still cheaper because you save the tax so when you're buying like 1600 bucks worth of tires it's quite a bit of tax you save but you still have to pay the mountain balance which is the same and they'll still give it to you discounted it's like you just you just get a corvette uh, a corvette package right where they just, they just give you four new tires every so often <laughs> yeah every five thousand to eight thousand miles i have to get new tires i just passed 31 i'm almost at thirty-one thousand. i passed thirty thousand since our last episode now i'm at like thirty thousand six hundred on the vet because it's been sunny so i've been driving it everywhere we're gonna put some miles on it this year. We're oh yeah, have some fun. Yeah, yeah. We're headed down to Monterey in less than two weeks. Well, no, you're not taking the vet down to Monterey. No, no, no. We'd be in the S4 then. Oh, okay. But, uh, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> but planning for the road like, trip. This that we're trip doing. just got good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. No. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's been. But other than that, like it's been a really kind of boring week. We've kind of just. Well, we've been doing our real jobs. <laughs> I know. We had exotics Saturday, which was full. We actually were... Which we, was overcast in full. Yeah, I thought yeah. it was going to rain a few times. And yeah. it was, but we were glad to close the gates at like 10. We were full. No, we closed the gates at 9.15. Wow, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so hey, for all those people who give them crap, uh, me specifically crap about writing the criteria, yeah, that was me that wrote it. The reason I did that is because we're full all the time. So every time we let in your 
cheaper car that is still nice it had, that people complain more and more and more because then we're, we're kicking exotics out people full up ferraris and stuff that tend to draw a bigger audience that's what it's all about and we have to turn them away because we're full so that's why we have criteria well as you know we you know we get we get a lot there's a lot of luxury cars in this area yeah and more you and know, more so. we had uh, mclaren of bellevue was on a drive that day so they weren't there and i think we still had six or seven mclarens we had two brand new 720s, 720s. yeah <laughs> and they weren't even with the dealership now they're just randomly showing up now which is so cool did you hear the uh, speaking of mclaren the, the mclaren senna is going to make its uh debut here in the northwest or not the northwest but the in north america mm-hmm. and it actually made its debut already they, they they craned it onto the the roof of the beverly hills wilshire like on onto this special roof to do a, a, a release yeah that seems overkill even for that car let alone the liability of lifting a million-plus-dollar car. I, I, I hate to say it. I mean, I always thought it was ugly, but there's parts of it that are growing on me. There are parts that are growing on me. Well, I think the way they spec it made it look especially ugly. So it's one of those things that, much like the 720, until I saw it in person, I was like, eh, not really my thing. But 720s now, now that I've seen them in person, are beautiful. Have you seen? Okay, so have you watched anything about the Senna, like, at all? No. Okay. I've just seen the photos and read some articles. Coolest thing ever. Start button. Okay. On the roof. On the roof. Okay, yeah, I did know that. I, that give, I, I looked at that and I thought, you know, that would give you the sensation. If, if you were in a Hyundai, that would give you the sensation that you're starting a race car. Just like, hold on, click. <laughs> <laughs> it would be so great. So Yeah. I did uh, get to sit in my dream car, though, which, again, but this time I got to sit in the one with the good seats. Subaru Forester. That's right. 1999. <laughs> <laughs> no. Automatic. <laughs> yeah. It was automatic-ish. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, our good friend of ours, previous guest, Kevin, brought out his 675 LT Spider white with orange interior and it was difficult to remove me from it so no we have if you watch we went live and dan did a wonderful interview from in it inside it we didn't he didn't really want to get out of it no i was pretty happy there okay i'm a big dude got a big butt and i fit in that car which was really surprising yeah those one piece carbon seats i thought i was i thought they're gonna be terrible but it's actually a really comfortable car yeah shockingly so more than the 570 even so Anyway, I don't know why Kevin won't give it to us as a gift? Like, I know. Here, you're good friends. I mean, we give things back, right? He could give him a bottle of wine, or I got a lot of wine. <laughs> Maybe get Judy a job. Um, <laughs> who knows? She's who knows? gonna kill you. Yeah, I know. She she's doesn't know where I am right now. Anyway, thanks so. again, Kevin. If, uh, yeah, can't wait to drive that car. Yeah. Anyway, so we have a guest with us today, and that is our good friend Brandon Elin. Uh, he is acquaintance. A, yeah, acquaintance. Uh-huh. Some dude we know. <laughs> We met him in the lobby, and we were like, we don't have anybody to know. What's yeah. your name? What do you do? No, I'm just kidding. In a van down by the river? Yes. Yeah. That fits me. It fits you? A van down? Yeah. You're a Matt Foley type? I, I could do it. You could do it? <laughs> for hey, If you could keep that beer away from me, you'll, you'll keep more of it. That's true. I, I, we were setting up for this podcast, and I dumped his beer like twice, just trying to set things up. So, I mean, you should keep that over there, or just keep your hand on it. We'll be fine. Yes. Yeah. It is now secure. Also, don't worry. keep your hand on the beer. Um, yeah. So, Brandon's a... Uh, Technician for Audi uh, and has a full-time second job of fixing my crap. <laughs> hey, he fixes my crap, too. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Dan's more. Yeah, mine much more. I've Dan's known him longer. So. Yeah. Sure. Well, he's, he, to be honest, he has more crap that can break. Right. So, I don't know. I mean, you have different. a Triumph. I feel like that counts for at least three or four regular cars. No, he, he won't touch that. He's smart. He <laughs> <laughs> just randomly combusts. Actually, the Triumph went in for a bunch of work today, or for this week's been in a, in a bunch of work. Speaking of that, for authentic motor cars in Bellevue, they've done... Well, they had to do a bunch so I wouldn't die. So, 
other than that. So, yeah. Oh, good Make job. it less likely for yeah, you to you. die. <laughs> well, Props you know, to you. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Props for you to finally figure out you need to take it to somebody that knows what the hell they're doing. Okay. When great. we get it back, we got to post a picture. Like you guys, I think we've said it before, but if you've never, Nick's Triumph is a 59 TR3, and it's one of the few cars you can sit in. And even if you're like five feet tall, you can reach over the side of the door and touch the ground. Mm-hmm. So I'd imagine if you had like some of those like downhill skateboarder like gloves with the with the plastic palms you might be able to get a little extra push Drift into the corners gloves. <laughs> yeah so you could just, you know if you're cornering hard you could just like push down and move the center of gravity a little i almost ran one of those kids over in, in spokane once coming down a hill sure <laughs> <laughs> so anyway you gotta make it look like an accident right i'm sorry you know share the road <laughs> welcome well, no. to the show Brandon. oh thank you thanks Happy for coming buddy yeah, really? I'm sorry I dumped your beer. I really am. It's okay. There's another one in there for you, but yeah. Boy, I mean, so so you've been in what uh, the automotive world for about what, five to six weeks now, right? Right. You know, you're just brand. Right. <laughs> He's a lot attended at Audi. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're gonna work your way up. Times some other numbers. Times some, some numbers. Yeah, <laughs> some numbers. More math than I'm willing to do. No, you've been with in the realm in of the car world. Years. What? Eighteen years? In the realm of yeah. Wow. In the realm. <laughs> you can tell in the realm of many moons ago. And uh, chances are, if you have an R8 or an RS or any super nice Audi and you've had warranty work done or just had work done at the dealership, chances are you've had Brandon. Brandon's been the guy who's uh, done the work for you. So he's not working on the crappy stuff as often these days. Thank God for him. You're welcome. Now, every single person that's ever had a problem with their RS is like, oh, now I know the guy's name. That guy. guy. (laughs) We'll post somebody else's picture. Don't worry. I got a buffer before they can get to me. So. <laughs> That's not true. No. Actually, it's not. If you go around, the, never mind. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah exactly. you would. You type in the code seven seven seventeenth Bay Inn. You'll find him. No, no. We've uh, uh, well, obviously you and I met through Dan, mm-hmm. and then you know we've bonded even harder. And just, oh yeah. Know, I mean, in fact, you and I tried to go out for drinks last week, and then Dan just had to join us. Happened to be a bar below his house. Bromance jealousy. It happens. (laughs) None of those things. (laughs) More of, yeah, I was literally, I I don't know what I was doing, but it was like, oh, we're at the bar, like, down from your house. I mean, down, I mean, like, I could have, like, fell down the hill and been in the back parking lot. So it's like, oh, I should go. (laughs) You know, that was a great bar, by the way. I mean, wonderful time. But I, I could fall down the hill from your house, but getting back up to your house yeah. would be, would be tough. Yeah. I got to meet some of your friends, some of your motorcycle friends. I mean, I didn't realize how big of a bike guy you were. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, I guess I knew, but you know. That's how that's I'm how trying to exaggerate yeah. for the podcast. So you're a big bike guy. Right, right, right. <laughs> uh, that, yeah, that is how me and Dan met is through motorcycles. Yeah. Initially, yeah. But yep. Yeah, grew up riding dirt bikes. chaps. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bigger market for those than you think. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, this is cringeworthy. It's cringeworthy. <laughs> no, okay. So you've been you've been with Audi now. You like you said, eighteen years. So you've, you've you've kind of seen a lot of the 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 newest coolest stuff come through. You and I were talking last time about the kind of the the progression of the R8 and things like that, and, and the new stuff that was coming out with that, and I mean, and and how the the value of money that you get in the fact that you're kind of getting Huracan, right? You know, but you're get but you're getting it at Audi prices. Well, which is still a lot, but it's a hundred thousand dollars off a, a Huracan, basically. The, right. And and, and, and those new R8s, it took me a while to they took me a while to get used to. Yeah, really. 
I, I, for me, I had to see it in person. Yeah. I, I, just like any car, I kind of, sure. I look at the pictures of, you know, the pre-release photos and whatnot, but I don't really make a judgment till I see it in person. And new one parked next to an old one, it's, it's lower, it's wider. It's got a little bit less overhangs in, yeah. in person. It looks a lot better. Still love them both, but. Oh yeah. I always thought, I mean, all, I've always loved the R8s. I just, you oh, know, yeah. there, there was just something about, you know, when I remember when they first came out and I was watching, well, Audi released a video where people were in the factory and they were watching them be built. And I was, they were talking about the significance of the side blades and how the side blades were put. I mean, it was just a really cool, cool documentary, but I always thought it was a really, I always want to say like almost, I hate to say this, but a poor man's supercar like it's it's it gets you into a market that if you think about it in a way yeah when the r8 v8 first came out i don't think it was quite even a hundred thousand dollars in msrp was it right around there it was yeah. right at the edge so uh-huh. it was kind of on that for the it was a bargain for the time right especially with that with the manual it i had. believe I, I believe if you got no options it was just under yeah and now they're i mean 200 love that gated shifter i've always yeah. loved that uh, it's just yeah i'm the a big click. fan yeah uh-huh. I'll tell you. I mean, and then, you know, we're big fans. Obviously, you know, Jason, Jason Boyarga, former guest in the RS4. We always give him crap about, you know, how rare they are here in Seattle. (laughs) Right. So, you know, (laughs) it's rare if you don't live within the blocks of Bellevue to (laughs) to Woodenville. But yeah. Yeah. What's your favorite one that you've, uh, that you've driven? I mean, I know since you've driven them all, I mean, is is it the R8, the V10 plus? Yeah, it's just an all-around impressive car, performance-wise. Yeah. But as far as, I don't know, they're all kind of unique in their own way. I think it's really cool how the SA Plus and the RS7s can transform so rapidly due to all the new electronics of the suspension and the exhaust tuning, etc. Between a completely sedate, comfortable ride to a loud, aggressive, sporty machine in, in the push of a button. That stuff is just really impressive nowadays. That was that was my number two pick for our, if I had to pick the ultimate Northwest everyday supercar. The RS7 actually came in above almost everything else because you could have all your buddies with it, mm-hmm. go to a track day, go up in the snow, and just a wheel and tire, or a tire, tire swap. If you just want to change your tires, you, that's it. That's all the car needs to go anywhere you need to go right. year round. Right. And you can't get that access with most supercars because you're just too low. And not that it's high, but it's not R8 GT low. So. Right, right. Let's talk about my campaign to get the RS6 Avant stateside. Oh, man. Yeah, do it. Yeah, right? Please. You know, I, I cannot believe the, the amount of people that would probably buy that car. Yeah, people here might, but well, yeah. not across the country. Then that's the biggest issue. Really? The market isn't big enough. I just... I think, I think it's like, like the RS5 even. It's, I think it has more appeal now than the RS5 does. As you see, and even the RS7, because you're seeing sedans are dying. Like Ford just canceled almost all their sedans except right. for like three. So I think there might be, I'm hoping, I'm not, a, I don't have any background to support this, I should say, but I hope to see a, re- a resurgence in the the demand for wagons and things like that. Right. Because then I think we might be able to see an RS6 or even an S6 Avant would be a huge step forward for me. Because yeah. the S6 is a beast. They sold, the, didn't they? Sold the- yep. So they sold the year. S4 wagons, right? No, so S6. There was one year of S6 of us. S, okay. That's what Adam Kramer from Avant has. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. I guess I yeah okay. And then there's the there's the RS4 Avant that 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 has that floats in and out of this area. The who the, the gentleman's owned it like three or four times. Yeah. 
and that's pretty rare too. And they don't make those. They've that was that ever an American car? Was that nope. no, no, never. Okay. He, I think, I don't know for sure if he did or not. If his is a completely converted RS4, or if he just VIN swapped it and is illegally no, I, driving I, I, it. I, the stories that have come to my uh, to my attention: the fact that he's owned it twice. So which and, and model what, year is this? It's a it's it's. We saw I'm it. It's horrible a, with that. I know because okay. it's got, almost got the same front end as your car. So it was B five. Yeah, I, th- I think it's yeah. B five. Okay. Yeah. We saw it at uh, the Ferrari Concourse, which is coming up next month. That's where we saw. It. Remember, we were out in the back in the parking yeah. lot there, and that guy had it. I think he owns the A four, uh, the not A four, the the Audi Quattro Sport, the blue one that shows up at exotics. Yeah. With the big, huge front mount intercooler, it's the same guy. I don't know. Anyway, Audi's got some great racing history. I'm a huge fan. Um, you're driving a B5 S4, right? Right. And how many? And you've got every modern to the sun in that thing, practically. Well, at least it's uh, been in the now. Yeah. yeah. Um, what do you definitely be- more that could be done? Always. Always, <laughs> right? Yeah. In my personal opinion, I think it needs some new intercoolers. Right. It does. <laughs> it really the only does. reason I know that is because you told me it needed right. that. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, this is a good topic. We can talk about this because the tuning is. Uh, it's an art to get that thing perfect. When you start modding, I've, we've talked about this before on how to mod your car properly. Like once you start this domino effect of mods, getting everything to run sync, just in perfect sync and harmony like it did from the factory is no easy task. Right. And it's usually a mountain of money. So you've done turbos, you already, turbos, injectors, tune, mm-hmm. intakes, downpipes, exhaust, right, right. coilovers, full, full sway full bars. And uh, what's the tuning issue? Your fuel pump you did? Yeah, my fuel pump went out. I had a RS4 fuel pump that went out, so I had to upgrade to a bigger pump naturally. Right. But, um, yeah, no, I need to do some bigger intercoolers. I, I have upgraded ones, but they're just not really cutting it. I can definitely feel the power difference when it's hot out. Um, uh, better down pipes, probably some bigger ones, and then... Um, and then, yeah, go get a retune. See what she'll do. Never ending, man. Right. Car fast. It's fun. I love driving that thing. It's, it's fun. It's in a way, it's a sleeper, too, because B5s, S4s. I mean, even when you, people who seem know they're a quick car from the factory, I, I think they were what, stock 250 horse? Right. Yeah. So even at the, at the time when this was competing with the E36 M3, now I think S's really compete with like the 335s, but at the time they were an right. M competitor. Right. So even then it was a quicker car. And I think in car and driver and road and track, they actually favored the S4 in spite of the motor being, you know, farther forward, but it compensated well with the all wheel drive. So now I think I mean, you're pushing probably what three plus 300 plus at the wheels now. Yeah. Somewhere in the, in that realm and, and a little more in torque. Yeah. Which is actually really nice because it has a nice broad torque band, which makes it great for daily driving. Yeah. Lots of broad torque. Yeah, broad torque. You always have fun stuff. You used to, what you used to have that race car years ago. Like I mean mm-hmm. I mean and that you, what did you have done to that? Like give me a little background on that. It's been Uh so yeah, my very first car was a ninety five Civic hatchback. Nice. That I bought that was totaled. I think the first time I ever saw it, it was in Dan's garage, but <laughs> Right, right. And then um yeah, so that was my first car. Rebuilt it, got it on the road. Um, started doing autocross with it, did that for a few seasons and, uh, with the help of my brother and some other friends got into doing some road racing. So nice. that was a neat car. It was a yeah. beautiful build. I mean, and I'm not a big Honda fan. Never have been. Well, like, you strip them all down and you get all the right parts underneath right. them though. Like, I mean, right. you can make, you'd be shocked at how much 
weight affects power and speed and handling and everything else. You start gutting cars, man, for oh the racetrack. I, I live my Strong. life of the effects of knowing what weight does to speed. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> so yeah, Have you seen fun. me on a treadmill? <laughs> yes, Weight this affects speed. Yeah. <laughs> so in its final state, it was with me in the car in the realm of 1,900 pounds and putting it down a little over 200 to the wheels. So... It was. It would go. It yeah, was pretty fun. So that is not a lot of weight to move around. Um, yeah, but yeah, get the suspension dialed in how I like it. And had it handling how I wanted, and it's awesome. Yeah, it was just really, really fun. You got a few titles in that car, didn't you? Um, yeah, autocross title, uh, just on the local level here, and then I won a couple local SCA, SCCA races, uh, road races with it. And then did a couple U.S. touring car races as well. Dang. That's some time. Just that. Just that. Just that. Yeah. 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 I expected a few of those. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I watched a couple of those on TV. So I didn't sweat much, though. So it's fine. You know. (laughs) Anyways, it's super fun. I'd I'd love to get it back or get back out on the track. Yeah. That's what you need. Another car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you fix the one you drive first, young man. We'll talk about a race car later. Brandon is forever stuck fixing all of my projects and all of my friends' projects, all of his friends' projects. And we're like, I can get this, I can do this. I'm like, I am not a mechanic. <laughs> I am a hobbyist. And I remind people of that all the time. I know this should work, but you're going to need somebody who knows how to do it. <laughs> right. Logistically, I think I know how to do it, but I don't know how to do it right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I have learned some expensive lessons that I should have just had Brandon do the first time. Right, Bigger hammer. (laughs) Yeah. Tell you. Well, Dan, let's take a quick break. And uh, when we come back, uh, I want to talk a little bit more about his history at Audi. Hey, everybody. This is Dan from Rain City Supercars. Rain City Supercars is brought to you by M Squared Fitness, personalized fitness and personalized performance. Nick and I are both members at M Squared and can personally testify to the great results. You can find M Squared Fitness at m2-fitness.com or on Facebook or Instagram at m2fitnessredmond. Mention Rain City Supercars and get your first visit free. But remember, you've got to mention Rain City Supercars. And we're back. So I got a question for you. What is the one thing about people and their cars that somebody doesn't know exists about their cars? Uh, something I experience pretty regularly is that people don't really go through their owner's manual or their maintenance manuals. Their what? Maintenance manual. Well, like I have, I have one that I made up on my Excel spreadsheet that, like, mm-hmm. I, but right. you're talking about Tip- things that actually come with the car with the owner's manual. Correct. Typically, there is a scheduled maintenance booklet of some sort. Aren't you just supposed to call me and tell me when there's maintenance? Yeah, it happens. <laughs> My car kind of does that for like oil and stuff. It'll like, would you right. like me to call the dealer? Like, no. God, I wish I owned Kit. Right. But <laughs> kind of annoying. <laughs> yeah. So, so the, you're, you're talking about in, in people's owner's manuals, <clears throat> there is an actual maintenance book, or there should be in most modern cars. Typically, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I had no idea. I really had no idea. Like, I mean, I've gone through my owner's manual a ton of times in the BMW and the Maserati and stuff like that. The Triumphs is is, is on a piece of stone, so it's because it's so old. But <laughs> yeah, and it'll generally cover the scheduled maintenance, the intervals that are, and the basic checks that are done at each scheduled maintenance, and or um, also the the extra maintenance such as brake fluid and the other fluids, etc. I want to talk about that because <clears throat> I think, um, and Dan and I have talked about this before, as, as a car guy, car girl, 
car person, whatever. Um, you can make you can do all the maintenance you want on your car, and you can forget things. And uh, Dan and I talked about it. We we did we did pads and rotors on the BMW, which is the famous story where we couldn't get the rear rotors off because the emergency brake was still on. <laughs> yes. And I then ended up somehow I'm talking to you, and you go, "Well, when's the last time you did the fluid?" And I went, "What? <laughs> <laughs> no, I put new pads and new rotors on. It's fine." No, we should probably look at the fluid. Right. It's he not gets, supposed to be black. He yes. gets my car up in the air and he, and he puts the whole system on and he goes, do you see that color? And I go, yeah. And he goes, that's not the color it's supposed to be. <laughs> yes. Yes. About 50 shades darker than yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Real life 50 shades of gray in a BMW yes. E46. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, for Father's Day, I did my dad's brake pads and rotors on his truck. And same thing. Uh, he has My dad's an extremely easy driver and... He doesn't haul a lot with that truck. It's like uh, he used to do maintenance. He still does odd jobs for friends, so he loves having a truck, but he's just not hard on his vehicles. He never has been, and he changes his own oil religiously and all that other stuff. But he in hundred, he bought it new in 2002. It has the original brakes and rotors on it, which are actually, I should, I wish I could show you one of the pads because it was probably about 60% left. Oh, wow. But the rotors... 120,000 miles. Yeah, exactly. It's amazing. He, I mean, I've never met your father. For obvious reasons, you don't want me to meet him. I don't know why. We've been in a relationship so Or my long. nieces or nephews. Well, that I understand. I've met one of your nephews. Yes. <laughs> you didn't want me to, but I did. Uh, uh, but you, you warned me that his father was a police officer, so it was good. Um, so 120,000 miles on this mm -hmm. Chevy. And he's never done rotors and he's never done pads. Right. And the pads were, like I said, at least 60% left. And the only reason I changed them out is because they were so old and the rotors were warped. What's Chevy making this stuff out of? Did your dad got carbon ceramics on his truck? You'd think. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I swapped them out and I did some uh, carbon ceramic brakes. I did a kit, just the power stop kit. You know, it doesn't need anything fancy because it's just daily driving thing around. It's still an upgrade from stock. But apparently he's not even using his brakes. So, I mean, you could just Yeah, pretty much. Them. Right. But he'd never done the fluid either. And even though it wasn't that dirty because the the truck is never gets that dirty it's always been stored indoors its entire life that truck has never been stored outside and so they even for that many miles and that, that much life they were it wasn't that dirty but it was way overdue and it was pretty dark i mean not as bad as your bmw but nothing is but when anyway <laughs> <laughs> well that was a walking glance wasn't it yeah <laughs> anyway so I, I i told him i said it's gonna be good but i said go get the fluid changed and you'll you'll really see what you've been missing out on and sure enough you know uh, my mom called me the next day and he goes, Oh, he couldn't believe how, you know, how much better it was than what he had before. Like the pedal immediately stops the, the, you know, as soon as you hit it, it stops now. And, uh, it was like, I said, it wasn't bad before. It's just impulsing because the rotors were warped for right. just so much time. But uh, even then it doesn't look that bad, but it makes a huge difference. And yeah, by the way, thanks for warning me about that. After I left your shop and I went to put the brakes on and about hit my face on my <laughs> steering wheel. <laughs> That was intentional. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't forget. Yeah. And then he, uh, we flushed the head and flushed the coolant too because that had never been done. Again, not that dirty, but at 120,000 miles in 16 years, it's time to flush your coolant. Yeah, for sure. You and could, you're going to blow seals and stuff. Yeah, general rule of thumb I didn't blow is, a seal. is about I was eating an Oreo. every two years. <laughs> oh, sorry. What? Oh, God. I'm sorry. Was that the wrong... <laughs> anyway. I'm not singing again. As you were saying... So yeah, general rule of thumb on coolant is about every two years is what you want to do. Um, there's some that'll last longer, but just across the board, generally. Two when years, I, same with brake fluid, about every two years, you'd want to go through and thoroughly flush it out. I know with brake fluid, it's um, I'm going to say this wrong, and it's 
it's not hydroscopic. It's like hydroscopic or something is the actual term when a fluid absorbs water. That's not a, a, a hydraulic fluid absorbing water has a term. And it's like pronounced weird. It's not hydroscopic. I know that. Anyway, brake fluid absorbs water. So over time, it naturally right. absorbs that water, and it does it much faster if you keep your car parked outside. So I Correct. get that. What's the what's the reasoning behind changing the coolant? Just getting dirty? No, even it gets that warm. Even that breaks down as well. Oh, I guess I didn't think about that on a molecular molecular level. Right. Same thing with your oil, I and as, especially if the car is sitting more so. Um, in general use, it's it's circulating. It's kind of going through the system, but when it sits, uh, it can start to corrode a little bit oh. and break down some of the because it's exposed to all the internal metal components. So you want to keep it nice and fresh. Yeah, I guess there's no filter. Right. So it's like it, no. it doesn't. It's not as fast as the as oil would be because it's different components. But yeah, it's still going to get a bunch of that uh, metallic buildup. And I never thought about that. Right. Well, and and there's something you both have hit on, and I, I want I really want to talk to you about this because you have the, obviously the expertise. You you mentioned like your dad's truck. It's never been kept outside. Yeah. And oh. the the things that cause outside, like you 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 and I were talking one time, and you you brought up the fact of like what when do you guys when do you see problems at, at certain times of the year? And you talked me you told me back in the fall. What is the biggest thing you see? Well, that would definitely be the ROUSs. Oh yeah, I've had a few attacks in the fire swamp. Yes. <laughs> you nerds. <laughs> you can't call me a nerd for liking the Princess Bride. I can call you a nerd for rehearsing that for like two minutes before we started this back. Right, right. <laughs> He's just jealous. He nice didn't think track. of it. Yeah, no, I yeah. The what is it? Rodents of unusual size. Unusual size. I always thought there yes. was unusual size and stature or something like that. But yeah. So yeah. Well, well, As you wish. Back on topic, Nick. Wow. <laughs> ADD, what? Yeah, we all know yeah. that my meds my wore off. <laughs> I have a condition. <laughs> so yeah, anytime we see cooler weather, huge rise in rodent damage. Um, and there's generally a few ways that you can take care of that, uh, or at least minimize it, being traps or poison. Um, and another one is... Again, I haven't tested it personally, but uh, dryer sheets. Placement of dryer sheets in the engine bay. Rodents don't like to smell like uh, a summer breeze or whatever it is. Yeah. So I was, uh, it just happens to be, uh, I was reading an article about that uh, not too long ago from our friends at Haggerty, actually. Again, uh, like I said, one of the few actual publications that we actually read is Haggerty. Everything else is just kind of reading off the same crap over and over again. But Haggerty actually has some really interesting articles, especially when it comes to preserving cars. Lots of pictures. That's what I like. Yes. (laughs) Don't we all? But uh, yeah, they mentioned a bunch of it. And they said mothballs was another one. Works as the same principle (laughs) as dryer sheets. So they said dryer sheets inside the car, dryer sheets on the engine bay. Just put them everywhere. Probably not in the intake. Maybe? (laughs) It just sounds like a fire hazard. Well, if you leave them in there... It, you are supposed to leave them in there so the rodents won't get not in. Not while the, the car's running in the engine bay. Maybe I'll place them for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't trust you anymore. I, I guess it, 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 he does have a British car. He should be worried about fire more than the rest of us. <laughs> you know, it's never caught on fire. That's yet. more of an Italian thing, isn't it? Oh. <laughs> hey. I, I th- hate to get off subject, but did you see that guy that uh, his brand new Ford GT burned down? Oh, you know what? That is an interesting topic. We will oh. drop that in there. So a new Ford GT catches fire and... He can't sell it. And the insurance company can't buy him out of it because Ford has a contract with everybody with these Ford GTs that you're not allowed to sell it for two years. That's amazing. So he now has a really nice Ford uh, GT ashtray. 
Wow. He should put a campfire in the back of it and just use it in his backyard. <laughs> yeah. Ecotech fire. Yeah. That's oh. when you let your lawyers get a little too crazy. You're like, nope, you can't sell the totaled car. What? How would you like that he comes back? But I put all the dryer sheets in there to keep the rats out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's one of those things that sounds so stupid. It doesn't sound real. But yeah, uh, Nick showed it to it's me real, earlier. and I was Real like, thing. It's a real thing. He's not supposed to sell the car because he's still under contract. Oh, wow. Which is why I, I get why companies do that. But I am morally against it. If I'm ever in the place where I am capable of buying a car that makes me sign a contract telling me I can't sell it, I will choose a different car. I've never gotten that where they say they say they're going to sell you a product, any company, but you you don't have control. Ferrari does it a lot of times with the first like, right of refusal, the yeah. FX the FXKKs or whatever. The FXXK, FXK, yeah, yeah, you're not allowed. You can't take it well, home. Oh yeah, true. But even like uh, if you well like in the case of like the law Ferrari, you have yeah. to have certain cars before you buy it. And I don't I don't I guess they I have seen them go to auction though, so maybe they're not. For well, I mean, I I think that's a totally different topic as far as first right of refusal. Yeah, but anyway. I mean. I, I'm talking about the race cars. Like, there's, there, yeah, I know a exactly. couple of people. Like, uh, what's what's her name on Instagram? Race wife, who I absolutely. If you, oh. if you have not followed this woman on Instagram, she is incredible. Because race wife is her Instagram. Because name. race wife, oh. she races an FXXK. Any uh, pretty much every Ferrari under the sun. They're all yellow and blue. So if you've got a, a four five eight special, she's got your car. But uh, no, she is legit. She races. She's awesome, and she's yeah. anybody she's awesome. on Instagram. Like if you're a car person, should follow her. She's yeah, amazing. Un- un- anyway, un- but back, back to rodents and cars. Back to, <laughs> back yeah, to the like, fire swamp. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you've had to fish a few out. Then obviously, if they're your least favorite, didn't you get into like yeah. a staring contest with a rat one day or something? Yeah, I've had some quite a few experiences. It's never pleasant. Um, that's what you get for dating on Blender or Tender or whatever the hell it is. Right. <laughs> hey, Nick. Okay. What? So much for that sponsorship. Yeah. yeah. Um, From Blender? I don't think that's a real thing. <laughs> so one that comes to mind is uh, there was a complaint of inspect for rodent, which kind real of... Real specific. Yeah, yeah. Super Somebody specific. Somebody saw a rodent. You know, lets the mind wander of all sorts of possibilities Staring at me through the vents. what I'm supposed to be doing with this vehicle. <laughs> What's the phrase, Ghostbusters? What are you guys, exterminators? Yeah, somebody saw a cockroach up on seven. <laughs> Big cockroach. <laughs> yeah. Look for the rodent. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I also had a basic maintenance service on the vehicle, so I started to do that and was kind of looking around the engine bay and, yeah, saw some signs of rodent being there. Um, went back to my toolbox to grab a tool, turn around, and look, there he is. Just stand on top of the engine, staring at me. <laughs> My house, <Yeah>. bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and then by the time I tried to grab a, a box or and some things that trying to maybe chase him out of the car and, and get him out of our shop, um, he decided to run away and disappear inside the engine bay. I can just see the notes. Found rodent. Left rodent. (laughs) (laughs) Rodent Couldn't find rodent again. Pretty much. I I, I did spend some time trying to remove some panels to find him and was not successful. And that was the only one. It was was rather... It's amazing. rather frustrating. It's an amazing way they can get in, too. Yeah. It's like... When I was working in an advice shop, when I was was just like a lot kid when I first started doing parts and stuff. And and, uh, we'd always... I worked at jeep dealer town and country chrysler jeep it was at the time i don't know what it is now on aurora 99 
And because it's Aurora, there's rats everywhere because that's 99. And so I, we'd get some Jeeps in the shop, pop the hood, and like the entire airbox has got like a colony living in it. Like, mm. oh, great. Mm. So they yeah. bring it in because it's been hit. Then to top it all off, well, it's been there. It's been infested by rodents. Yeah, never pleasant. Yeah, I've, I've had some infestations in my life. It's not fun. Car stuff. Car show. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I haven't had any infestations. <laughs> you, you can't get creams for that, especially for the car stuff. So anyway, getting back to our show. Yeah, and I got topic. a question. I got a question. Okay, so I don't know if we should answer. I, <laughs> There's some things you need to talk to WebMD I'm about. I'm scared. <laughs> okay, so if what can the average consumer, if, if I'm bringing my car in to be serviced, what are some of the things that I can do to not only speed up the service and help you? but you know, make it easier for you to access my car and things like that. Right, um, so if you have some sort of a diagnostic concern, not just general maintenance. Look for rat. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah that, was, sure. that was very yeah. helpful. Um, the most detailed, specific information you can give is gonna be the most helpful. It's gonna save us a lot of time. And I've, had, and I've learned that, in fact, I think part of it I learned from you, but like, um, and I've had that before where I've, I've looked at serv- like the, the check-in text or whatever they're called and I've gone and I've said this big long thing and he's like, uh, engine noise. I'm like, no, 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 no. It does it at this RPM. It does it, you know. Right. That's, so, that's exactly perfect. Yeah. How often, when, when did you first notice it? Um, you know, and the, the scenario to recreate the symptom. Sure. Oh, all yeah. that, all that real specific information saves us a bunch of time. We all um, know that the minute you check your car in, the problems don't exist anymore in the car. Y- yeah. yeah, I mean, the, that <laughs> happens Phantom every noises, single yeah. day. It's sure, it, it, and it's hard on both ends for the client and for us. It's frustrating for us because we feel like we're wasting our time. Um, and you know, they feel like they've got to take and, a time and, of their day to go drop yeah, the car off. Yeah, exactly. And they feel crazy because you can't feel it. Yeah. yeah. It's not like we don't believe there's not a problem. There's definitely an issue. It's just, it's not happening for us. And there's not much we can do about it when it's not doing it for us. Uh, So, yeah, really frustrating on both ends. So as detailed of a description as you can when you're through service advisor. Right. And make sure that, you know, you're you're, you're getting as many facts down there. Correct. Correct. It's really going to help out a lot. Uh, It's going to shorten up your diagnostic process. Um, save from a lot of confusion, possibly leading down the wrong diagnostic path. Um, and another thing you can do is clean out your trunk, kind of keep your car in general um, free from debris so we have easier access. What have you found? <laughs> yeah, you got that look. So I only did this for a few years, and I've got some stories. Really? They, oh, yeah. When I was working in the body shop, I used to deal with hoarders. People would bring a car in after an accident, and it, came, course, it comes right from the scene to us a lot of the time, especially if it's like an insurance job. They pick it up in the tow truck, take it straight to the body shop because they can't drive it. And so they'd come in, and I'd get, I'd be the one checking in the car and writing the estimate, and I'd get cars where like the pass, the driver's seat is the only movable section in the car. Everything else is filled top to bottom, the floors to ceiling, old magazines, old clothes, garbage bags, old food, like the stuff you see on the learning channel or whatever right. it's called now. Right. I don't know why it's called TLC still, but, uh, or history or whatever it is. I they... freak out when my, my floor mats are a little dirty. Right. Exactly. Like I, I see <laughs> like what? pine needles in the ground. I'm like, I'll grab the vacuum. Yeah. Clean out. We're, we're talking like McDonald's bags from 10 years ago. Huh. 
Yeah, and there's probably rodents in there as it is. But no, they came in because, you know, right. they got hit in the tire. Right. And when cars are like that, you, you can't access the spare tire to check the air pressure or, you know, sometimes batteries are in the trunk um, or cabin filters. They're typically on in the interior of vehicles now, so you need access to that. Or uh, certain you may need to access under the seat, I mean, depending on what you're doing, and, and all that's just going to slow you down. Oh. So, okay, what's the worst thing you found? The common things, too. What, I mean, what's the common, most common and what's the worst thing you found? Uh, in general, firearms and uh, adult toys. Yeah. Those can be combined. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I haven't found that. I haven't gotten anything that yeah, far. Yeah, but what did you find in your car? No. <laughs> well, there's usually guns in my car. But I'm just and adult toys. <laughs> so... But we had a rule that was, and we told people up front, if you leave us your car and there's a bunch of crap in it, we're going to either, we're going to get a box and we're going to put it all in that box and we're going to put it in your trunk or in your front seat. If I, and I found some odd stuff in there, old underwear, stuff like that. So I'm going through these things with mm-hmm. some nice thick gloves on, thank God. And I used to put it all and I'm like, man, I hope they are as embarrassed by this as I am because I'm going through <laughs> and finding all this old crap out of their trunk they haven't touched in years. And it's all in a nice, neat box in the front seat, all inspected and packed right. perfectly. Did you make a list? Right. Like uh, old underwear, Hanes. No, we'd have to sign off that anything that we weren't responsible for anything left sure. in the vehicle because we wanted people to be like, that's the car's going to get moved in and out. It's an Everett. That's at the time where I was. We didn't actually didn't have a problem. We had a very secure lot. But at the same time, it was like, yeah, I'm finding all that stuff and I got to go put it somewhere. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah. So, the worst. What have you? Yeah, what's the worst? Um, probably some rather personal photographs. <laughs> you found photographs of you in someone else's car? No, no, no. <laughs> personal for them. I see. Oh, how? You know, I, I'm not gonna lie. If those existed in my life, and they definitely do not, how? Why would you put that in your car? Like, right of all places, in the spare tire well. Oh, well, then that makes sense. Totally. Yeah. 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 That's right next to your spare full of mm-hmm. six pounds of cocaine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I found lots of drugs in cars, actually. That's another thing I found a lot of. And this is before uh, uh-huh. weed was legal in Washington. And tons of drugs in cars, but a lot of coke, too. I have a story about And I used that. to put it in. And, and we were that guy who was like, I would just put it in the box with all the rest of their stuff. <laughs> and, and I'm like, it's... I, I'm not going to call the police on a guy who's got a little bit of this or a little bit of that. It's not like somebody had, you know, like kilos of, you know, heroin in there or anything like that. But I'd find bags of weed and I would just put it in the box of the front seat for them. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> we didn't steal your weed. <laughs> I have a great story for that that will play this. Um, when I worked back in another city, um, I worked for a company that we did everything from window tent to stereo install and things like that. Yeah. And this particular police department had gone out and bought a, had basically taken a brand new Mustang that they had taken from a drug dealer and decided they were going to turn it into like this really cool, like chase car. And, you know, they'd take it to schools and stuff like that. And they brought it to us to put a stereo system in. Okay. This is a brand new Mustang that they had confiscated from a drug dealer. So I knew... (laughs) And it had gone through the police impound. Okay, so this has been through. And, and this officer drops it off, and he's like, he's like uh, he goes, well, this is what we're doing. I, we're doing all this cool stuff and graphics and blah, 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 blah. And I, and I got in charge of taking it apart. So I'm starting to take the trunk apart. And I'm looking, and I come in, I take, and, I, and I look at this thing. And I, and I mean, it's, I'm not, I don't do drugs. I'm big brick of something. Hmm. 
two and a half pounds of cocaine that the, the police department missed on their search of this car when they brought it in. That explains so much about you now. So, <laughs> I, and it, and I, I called, I called him, I'm like, okay, so here's the deal. I was like, and the, the guy's like, where did you find it? I was like, in your car. That couldn't be there. Okay, well, it's there. <laughs> like, I didn't leave it there yeah, for you. I don't have a problem like this, and if I did, I wouldn't be calling you to tell you I found your cocaine. <laughs> Drug dealer's got to be pissed. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, he, he went. Apparently, he went down for a lot more than that. But that was, uh, yeah, it was kind of an interesting. Just time. Add that onto the charges. I, right. I, when somebody on the other end of the phone goes, "No, you didn't find that." Yeah, I did. <laughs> Very few drug dealers turn themselves in and give you the drugs. <laughs> right. so you're like, you know what? You're right. I didn't, and we never had this conversation. Yep, didn't happen. <laughs> Where was he selling? If I yes. did find something like that, what would the street value be? <laughs> Jeez. Oh Jeez. man. Let's, uh, let's take a quick break. It's about that time. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Nick from Rain City Supercars. This part of the podcast is brought to you by M Squared Fitness. Personalized fitness, personalized performance. Find M Squared Fitness online at m2-fitness.com. Mention Rain City Supercars. Get your first session free. And we're back. So before we go, we're closing up here, but uh, tell me more about the cars you've had. Actually, now that I've, since I've known you and as long as I've known you, which is at least... 12, 15 years now, I think all I know about is the S4 and your race car that you had. Right. Um, so probably my funnest car I've had that I did do a couple seasons autocross with was uh, Evo 10. Oh, that's right. I did know about that. Yes. How did I forget that? That was the yes. meanest looking Evo ever, too. Yeah, ridiculously fun to drive. The, the diffs on that thing is just absolutely amazing. Um Super fun, but for daily use, honestly, the B5 is a little nicer. Just creature comforts, a little bit nicer. Yeah, and the Evo was still a manual. In right, um, you had that thing drop. What KWs on it? Yeah, yeah, KW variant threes and sway bars and bushings and and dialed in the suspension. And I'm gonna put that. I'm gonna put a photo of that thing up because the way that thing sat. I mean, you had what two seventy fives at all four? Right crazy wide on an all-wheel drive car perfect and you, and you built this whole thing like you took it from a stock evo and built it uh yeah got a nice. stock wow now you and i were talking about this at the bar as far as i mean being car guys we can never really answer this question like what's next right. and i think i mean ultimately your, your next car is probably a truck because you've been trying to figure you know with your bikes and stuff like that which right. would be which would be great but i mean would you pick another audi i mean you're you're obviously your your b5 is a wonderful car but yeah yeah, it's a super it's, fun it's, car. It's like I'm, it's I'm like saying it. which one is your favorite child? Well, right. <laughs> right. I, for me, I feel like in in the Audi world, the next progression for me would be an RS3. Oh, nice! Um, yeah, that's a great car. Nice. Yeah, fantastic car. I've, I've not power, had the opportunity to drive those. The power plant is just amazing in that thing. The sound is just—it's not like anything else. It's, Can you get a really stick? Cool. No, and that's. That's the one Downfall. bummer. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, I don't know. I've, I've drove my S4 today for the first time in six days. I haven't driven my S4. I've been driving the Corvette because the weather's been so great. Mm-hmm. And man, it was nice to get back in that car and not have a stick. <laughs> I mean, granted, it's nice because I have the option to go back and forth, but right. I've been in and out of traffic all the time. And it was just like, just get in and drive. And it's plenty of tour. Right. Actually, I'm a huge fan of Audi's uh, seven speed. Mm-hmm. It's a great transmission. Yeah. I mean, I prefer manuals, but the the DSG in that works fantastic. I I, I think I could be happy with it. I don't know, I, I've got to actually like 
sit down and look at one of those sometimes because every time I see one, like they're going by and it always just looks so compact. It's like when I see a BMW M2, like it's the same kind of thing. Like right. I got to get close up and look at it, but, um, which is another car I think would be really fun to have. An M2. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree with that. I think that would be so much fun. I still don't know if I, I still don't think I trust BMW's turbocharged motors. Really? Not long term. But every single one I've ever driven or seen or seen long term, when they start getting up the miles, like I love to do, right? they always start developing this laundry list of problem after problem after problem. I right. don't know. I think I'd go the, especially in losing the all-wheel drive. The all-wheel drive is a big deal. Right. Because you and can drive it anytime and have fun all year round. That's the other thing too. And, and that's why I'd be partial to RS3s. Is is you, you do, do have the all-wheel drive. All-wheel drive is somewhat of an American thing. Like in Germany, they drive the M2s up into the mountain. They drive their M3s and M4s. I mean, they don't. Right. But the level of driverability seems to be a lot higher there as well. Well, that's my point. Yeah. But because we have to deal with the locals here. Yeah. It's really helpful to have a car that functions absolutely amazingly in adverse conditions for your own benefit. I agree. But <clears> I'm just saying, like, learn to drive. I mean, yeah, you can throw snow tires on one of those. It'll do just fine. I've right. no doubt sure. of that. Mm-hmm. But it's so fun to have an all-wheel drive car in the snow. With I keep wanting to put snow tires on the vet. Definitely. And then... Also, if you're going M2 to RS3, I, I think as far as a, a daily use car, the RS3 is still better, hands down. You four doors, yeah. back seat. I think a little more cargo space. How big is the back seat? Uh, I mean, like, is it is it manageable? Like, can some a bigger person sit in the back seat and not put the the front person in the front end of the dash? Yeah. Oh, it's possible. That's yeah, doable. Honest, I mean, honestly, the Because you can't do that in the M2. Yeah. No, you definitely so. can't. The interior space is really actually comparable to my B5 S4. Huh. Yeah, if you think about it, that's that's true. They've gotten so much bigger now mm-hmm. that the, the, the 3 is now the 4. It basically. Yeah. I'll tell you what, though. Of all the BMWs, the M2, I think, is my favorite right now. Of all of them, top to bottom. Just It's got the right size. It remi- it's because it still reminds me of the E30 M3, which I think is the right. most proper BMW. Right. It, they're just ridiculously fun to drive. Yeah. Not the fastest, not the greatest performing, but really fun. Yeah, things don't have to be the fastest to be the most fun. No. Says the guy with the sledgehammer for a car. <laughs> kill it. Kill it now. Yeah. <laughs> he has to kill it with a car because he can't kill the rats. Thanks, PETA. <laughs> you imagine that? I was cleaning out a car, I had to kill a rat, and your dealership gets picketed. Yep. I could so see that happening here. <laughs> Fiva was just trying to go west. Oh, my goodness. Oh, <laughs> Well, on that note, now that Peter will be picking us. There are no fan belts in America. And the intake's made of cheese. You couldn't get through an episode without saying it. It's in me. Good. I love it. Now it's out of you. What? Now it's out of you. It's coming out. Put it back in. I really appreciate you coming in. I mean, we've been friends for a long time, but I, we've been talking about doing this, and it just schedules finally worked out. But I really appreciate you coming in, taking oh, the time. Thank you. This is awesome. how busy you are. So. Yeah, thanks for coming, Brandon. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, that kind of wraps up episode thirty-three of Rain City Supercars. Um, thank. We. I just want to take a minute to thank everybody that's been listening. We're we're overwhelmed by the fact that people actually want to hear us. Yeah, I'm. Uh, we're we just started launching too. I, it's the publishing is going through online right now. We'll soon be on YouTube. Uh, we are going to do some video, but that's actually not why we're going on YouTube. We're going to be on YouTube because uh, people who know me well, my dad is deaf, my brother-in-law is deaf, uh, my youngest nephew is deaf, we have listeners that are deaf. 
And when I say listeners that are deaf, they're being translated to. So we are trying to address that with adding captions and video to the show to be to you know be able to cater to a wider audience. I mean, there's people of all walks of life here, and we want to be as accessible as possible. And hopefully, they can find some entertainment value out of this as well. We'll also be on Spotify soon. That's going through right now. Uh, that's been a process, but I've figured out the ins and outs. And so hopefully, we'll be more ways to listen. So thanks all for hanging out with us. Yeah, for Rain City Supercars, I'm Nick. I'm Dan. And don't just get there. Enjoy the drive.